Bibles with you. Turn with me. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 43 through 48. We're in the process of going through the Sermon on the Mount. This is the end of chapter 5. We have looked at the Beatitudes, which is the first section and the first part of the Sermon on the Mount that deals with our attitudes towards others. The second half, which we've looked at, has dealt with our actions. Now, let me just tell you this. If you've ever looked at the Ten Commandments, the first four Ten Commandments deal with our relationship with God. The last six deal with our relationship with each other. All right. And then in Leviticus, this verse comes along in Leviticus 19.18. And Jesus in the New Testament has asked a question. What's the most important thing? And he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So what he has done is he's encapsulated the Ten Commandments and then he adds this Leviticus 19.18 uh, verse onto it. And that's where we finish right here. He, he reiterates this or gives this to us again and again and again through Scripture, but it's reiterated to us here in the Sermon on the Mount. So today as we read this, we're putting together the end of how we deal relationally with each other. Okay, And so as we look at each other and as we learn how to get over all of our personalities and all of our differences and all the things that separate us, we learn how to live amongst each other. We live in a world today, guys, that's caught up in hate. It's caught up in differences. We want to differentiate ourselves out. We want to be an individual. We're not looking to unite and be one anymore. And so what this tells us to today is to look past all of that and figure out how we can learn to live with each other. It says this, and starting in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you, than do, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This last section deals with our issue of relationships. How are we going to get along? How are we going to interact in a world where, and we see this a lot today in the United States of America, Christianity is out of favor. Being a follower of Christ is out of favor. It's not something where people come up to you now and say, hey, where do you go to church? I'd love to go to church there. I, everybody goes to church, don't they? We live in a community and a culture today where they say at least 70% of all people in America don't go to church at all or are not actively attending. So out of 300 plus million people that are in um, our country today, I mean, think how many people are not going to church somewhere. That's better than 200 million people not going to church on a Sunday and not even actively involved, not evenly connected, not even thinking about the things that we're thinking about. So we've got to learn how to bond relationally with those who not only don't do what we do or are a part of what we're a part of, but in some cases hate us. And that's quickly turning. The tide is turning in our culture. We're becoming persecuted for our faith. And the things in our way of life of which we've lived and which our country has grown on are now being ostracized. So we've got to take this passage to heart. We've got to learn how to deal with each other relationally so that we might not only uh, survive in our faith, 
but see the kingdom grow. Scripture says this in Romans 13, verses 9 and 10. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. How many times do we see this? You can go, it's almost a weekly thing, but most definitely a monthly thing, where somewhere in our country, someone gets mad at someone who's either in their house or a next-door neighbor or some kind of thing like that, that they're squabbling over something whether it be the fence line where the property line is or somebody dumped something on my property or did this or somebody showed at my house and disrespected my family at the party. Or, and we, it, it turns into rage. It turns into hate. All this other stuff that has just been given at the very first part of this passage that I just read to you in Romans is because we cannot learn to love each other. We cannot learn to love beyond all of that. Love is the great uniter. Now look, when I talk about love, it's not a worldly love. It's a godly love. What kind of love is that? The Greek word that we have in the New Testament is agape. The agape word means an unconditional love. In other words, we don't love other people like they love us back. That's what this whole passage is about. We love them in spite of the way that they respond to us, and we go a step beyond all of this. We're going to talk more about this in chapter 7 when he gives us the golden rule, all right? But we've got to love a step beyond. We've got to love in a way that differentiates us from the world. We can't love the way that we're loved back because we're not receiving love. And if we're not receiving love, our response is to hate. We had another shooting this week in a school. That shooting was born out of what I've read today, a relationship that was spurned. That's what set him off, they say. Is that he approached a girl, the girl rejected him, he goes into the class where the girl is and take, she was the first one to perish. We don't know how to emotionally deal with the fact that we have to live with each other. And sometimes we get rejected. Sometimes people don't like us. And when we think that people don't like us, we want to take this into our own hands. It leads to murder. It leads to coveting. It leads to adultery. It leads to stealing. All of this is born out of the fact that we want something that we can't have. And somebody else has it. And we're going to go take it. The whole passage of this, the whole section of Scripture that we've been looking at in our actions is antithesis to that, meaning we're to run in the opposite direction of all of this. God says in this passage right here, through Christ Jesus to us, that we shouldn't just love those who love us. We have to love those who are our enemy. Love those who don't love us back, that hate us. They're not responding to us. We're to do for people. We're to actually go out and to serve people who don't like us. So here's two things I want you to get today. Well, the, the main point of this is that we're learning to love each other. How many times in passage, have you ever gone through and seen how many times it says for us to love one another? Scripture reiterates to us over and over and over and over each day to love one another. We're not to live our lives separate. 
We've had a tough time in Christendom all throughout history to deal with this. We, we like to separate ourselves. I mean, monasteries are all about someone going and living a religious life and a, a life devoted to God, but is separate from everybody else. And they're in a community of other people who are what? Just like them, whether male or female, in a nunnery or a monastery or something like that, that you've got all these guys gathered together who are serving God or all these women together who are serving God. But we've separated ourselves out from the world in that, that way. God doesn't call us to that. Christ did not pray for us for that. He said for us to be in the world, not of the world. And so our job is to be, interact with everybody. So if we've got to go out every single day, day and interact with everybody, we better learn how to physically, emotionally, and spiritually deal with people relationally. Because if we can't do that, think about this. The verse that I just gave you earlier that wraps all this up or sums all this says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So you've got heart, which is our emotional seat. You've got soul, which is our spiritual seat. You've got uh, uh, physically loving each other, heart, soul, and then you've got mind physically and and our strength, and then you've got mind, which is mentally. So in all of those aspects, we have to learn how to deal with our relationship with God. Then it says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So relationally is where that all comes into impact. I'm going to give you another one. You can go back and look this up yourself. When the rich young ruler comes to Christ, and he starts naming all the things that he has done, guess what he's done? He's done all the things that deal with his relationship to God. But then the Lord tells him to go sell all of his uh, goods and go what? Live amongst everybody else. And he didn't have the relationships with everybody else that he needed to. He had thought that his money and all of that, had, had, that he had had made his life comfortable where he could live and not have to interact with everybody else. But he was missing. And that's what we miss out on. We miss out on the relationships. We miss out on the bonds. We miss out on our faith community growing. We miss out on what this truly is because we refuse to live with one another. How many people, how many, you don't need to raise your hand on this because it'll probably disappoint me. (laughs) But how many of you know somebody that doesn't come to church because of somebody in the church? That right there is allowing someone else to come between them and their relationship with God. That's exactly the imperative of this right here. We cannot allow that to happen. I may not like somebody, but they're not getting between me and God. If they get between me and God, then I've cut myself off from the Father. So not only are they impeding my relationship with them, but they're impeding my relationship with God himself. Loving one another. Why is it important? John 13, verses 34 and 35. Christ says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Three times in these two verses, he tells us to what? Love one another. And then he says this, It's a new commandment. So this is number 11. Do you get this? If we've got the Ten Commandments, Christ has come in and says, a new commandment that I give you right here, 
that you must love one another. So this is not an option for us. We don't get to remove ourselves from everything and call it okay. I'm saved. You can all die and go to hell. That's okay. It's not okay. We have to interact. We have to deal with folks. We have to emotionally connect. We have to physically connect. We have to spiritually connect. We have to mentally see where their capacity is for what they might be able to... to, uh, Because so many people have been removed from Christianity for so long. I mean, we talk Christianese to everybody. So when I say we need to mentally connect, we just got to learn how to talk to people about Jesus. Because some people are so far removed now, generationally, from the church that it's hard to walk up to them and start talking about (laughs) sanctification, glorification, and, and using all of these big words and terms. What does it really mean? God just cleanses me from my sin. We just got to speak down to earth to those who are around us so that they can see that there's a difference in our life. John 15, 17 through 19 says this, This I command you, that you love one another. There it is again. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. So there it is right there. We have been called out of the world, but he doesn't call us out of the world to be by ourselves. He calls us out of the world so we can have the relationship with God to turn around and go back in the world. There are men who have served our country here in this place today. I'm sure every single one of them at some point in time when they served on the front line and got pulled off the front line probably thought, I don't ever want to go to the front line again. But that's what God calls us to do. God calls us to go back to the front line. But I've already been there. I've already done that. No, I'm calling you to go back to the front line again. God is constantly calling us to stand guard and ready on the front line to reach those who are in the world. If 70 plus percent of the people that are around us every single day do not know the Lord as Lord and Savior, we are on a mission field every day. Every day. Yes, is our life under a microscope if they know that you're a believer and a follower of Christ? Does that mean that you can't ever say a cuss word or do anything wrong? It means we have to step up our game. It means we have to go the extra mile. It means we have to do everything that he's called us to do in the verses right before here to get to this point, to get to the point where we can love one another. So how do we go above this? It gives us two things in this passage right here. To go above it is to love those who hate us. We have to rise above all of the hate that's in the world. So it's very easy for us to read about the things that are going on and get depressed or discouraged. I do. I'm an emotional guy. Have y'all ever noticed that? (laughs) What are you laughing at? I mean, I'm just trying to be real with you right here. I'm an emotional guy. And so I have swings emotionally, right, wife? My wife, my lovely wife? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm not bipolar. I just emotionally have highs and lows. And I don't get depressed but I get just, just 
distraught a little bit, you know, about the way things are going. And it just kind of gets me down. But when there are things that pump me up, man, I am unstoppable. Totally unstoppable. Because I'm on it. But the little things of life discourage me. And they beat on me. And sometimes it gets me down. That's when we have to dig in. That's when we have to realize what we're up against. The tide is high against us. If you've ever stood on the beach and the waves come at you, and the waves are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, your feet are sinking in the ground right here, but it's becoming harder and harder and harder for you to stay there. It's like your feet are sinking into the water, but you still can't hold yourself up because the waves are getting so high and there's so much of a push against you. It's going to pull you out of the fact that you are planted in there. That's what the world does to us. It rises the tide against us to see how we're going to respond. We have to stand firm. We have to move beyond our personal favorites, possibly move into things that are discomforting to us, but still continue on. We have to rise above the hate and out love. And out love. You know, we were talking Wednesday night, we're going through the book of James and we're getting in chapter two of the book of James. And in chapter two in the book of James, it basically says this. James says, if a rich person walks in the door here at the church and a poor person walks into the door of the church, you're not to, to, to treat them any differently. You're supposed to look at everybody the same. That doesn't always happen in our lives. Sometimes when your boss walks in the room, you treat them differently than your secretary or administrative assistant or whoever that is. Someone who's above you gets treated differently than someone below you. That's not what God's calling us to do at all. God calls us all to treat everybody what? The same. But in both cases, it's to out-love them. Have any of us ever been taken before by somebody financially? Has someone, have you given some money to someone before and, and had them not do what they said that they were going to do? Or have you given emotionally and invested into someone's life to, only to have them disappoint you and walk away from the relationship after you poured so much time into it? God says that get over it and get back in it. We cannot allow these things to keep us from being who we're supposed to be. We're to love one another. And so instead of getting mad at the people who don't like us, we just got to go, I just got to love them more. <laughs> now, I want you to think about that. What if we went into life that way? I know you hate me, but I'm going to love you through it. You cannot stand me, but I'm going to love you through it. Think about the perspective change on us. Then the things of this world won't discourage us. We got challenges ahead. We got people that we're going to make love us. And through that, they're going to love Jesus. Because they're going to see something different about our life that other people don't have. Because what is the world doing? The world gives hate back for hate. That's why there's no unity. Everybody has gone to their corner. We're not Americans anymore. We're known by political party affiliations. And what groups we sign up to be a part of, whether they're liberal or whether they're conservative. We're known by whether or not we go to church, because that lumps you in a group. But whatever that is, we have to love our way through every single bit of it. Why? Because that's what God commands us to do. 
it's not optional for us. I love the Lord God, and I'm going to sit at home in my chair, and I'm going to watch some TV preacher. I'm going to keep my money and my time and my control, and I'm not going to go serve. <laughs> uh, I'm going to electronic Bible, but you can flip through your pages right there. I don't think it says that anywhere in Scripture. Anywhere. Anywhere at all. I have commanded you to go and to love one another. So above for us is to love those who hate us. Beyond for us is reaching those who persecute us. Now look, hate is one thing. Persecution is a completely different thing. We live in a day and age when we don't get this at all. But numerically, there's more people persecuted for the cause of the kingdom of Christ today than at any other time in history. We don't see it because it's not posted on TV and it's not a war where you see photos of it and different things like that. But it is happening. More people are persecuted for the cause of Christ today than any other time in history. Why? Because there's more people and there's more people who don't know the Lord. So there's fewer of us who know the Lord, so the persecution against us is greater. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is if our feet are in the sand and they're dug in there, the waves are getting really, really high. To the point where we're probably just trying to keep our neck above water and hold our ground. And the force against us is just back and forth. And we spend all of our time trying to keep our head up instead of trying to look out and walk on the water like Christ will call us to. Why? Because we don't see it for what it is. The Christian church has always thrived in persecution. The greatest missionary that we know scripturally, Paul, was a persecutor of the church, Saul. Paul was a part of the group that actually dispersed the church from out of the city of Jerusalem, and then he was the person that God called out of that to go and to lead the charge as the church became missional. He was the one that went to city to city. Now, what happened to Paul when he went to those cities? Did they greet him with open arms? No, they threw rocks at him and threw him in prison, shipwrecked him, left him for dead. Each time, what did Paul do? Did he go, I just got hit with a bunch of rocks. I'm done with this. He didn't do that at all. He got up and went to the next city. And in some cases, he went back into the same city. I'm like, that is crazy. If y'all start throwing rocks at me, I don't know. We're going to have to have a talk. But this is what God says for us to do. This is the beyond love. This is the unconditional love. This is the agape. This is the command. This is what separates us apart. This is what causes the kingdom to grow even when the world hates us. This is what overcomes the world. Now some people are going to stand up in pulpits today and they're going to tell you that if someone's 
I don't know, I'm just going to pick one here. If someone, uh, if there's a doctor that's doing abortions, we should go bomb the clinic. No. That is not scriptural at all. None. Scripture would say, go what? Love the doctor. Scripture would say, go love the people. Not pick it. See, we're not we're not responding correctly. When we ratchet it up, the world ratchets it up. Our enemy ratchets it up. When we respond with love, he has no answer. Do you get that? Has anybody ever said Satan? He loves us. No. He is incapable of what? Love. If he's incapable of that, then guess what? The only way that we overcome him is to what? Love through it. He has no defense for that. None. None. Homework. I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to close. I want you to go read 1 John this week. Take your time. It's about five chapters, one a day. You're going to take seven days to do it. Not quite as long. There's one huge, long theme in that entire letter. It's a four-letter word. Does anybody know what it is? Love. Love, 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 love. Every chapter. All the verses. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not does not know God, for God is... 1 John 4, 7 and 8. We're put here to love. That's what separates us out. That's what makes us different. That's the one thing that the world cannot give each other is agape, unconditional love. Why? Because it comes from God. And He's the only one that can give it. So who's ready for this week? Who's ready? When they come at you, are you going to go, man, if I pile one more thing on me, I'm going to smack somebody. Are you going to go, Thank you, sir. May I have another? (laughs) I'm going to love you through it with a smile on my face. How can I help you? How many of you kids or uh, young adults here, when your mom and dad comes in and asks you to do something, are going to go, I ain't doing that. Or are you going to go, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. How can I do it? Let me love you, mama. Let me love you, Daddy. You're ruining my life. No, you're not. (laughs) Commandment number five, honor your mother and father. That's always. Until they go home to be with the Lord, you got to love and honor them. You didn't pick them, but God gave gave them to you. You got to love them. My kids have to love me. (laughs) It's a command. 
That's our job. Let's go out and be servants of God this week. Do it, not dutifully, but do it in such a way that it makes a difference. Let's go out, love them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the opportunity which we have to be in your house and to worship you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the words in red. I thank you for the commandments that you give us. I thank you for the life that you breathe into us. Father, I thank you for the blessings which we've all been bestowed with here. Family and friends and a place to come worship. And in a country right now that still allows us to be able to gather just like this every week. And Father, your word tells us And we are commanded to go and to love those who are around us. Father, sometimes our neighbors are mean and nasty. Sometimes the people in which we work with are not kind to us. Our job is not to respond back with equal fervor. But our job is to love. Help us to be agents of the kingdom this week by loving those around us. Help the world to see something different in us because the world can't manufacture this kind of love. And thank you for the fact that you are the source of it. This we pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing.